Hello and welcome to the Respectfully Podcast. I'm Nikki Pope, your host for this hairdressing conversation. My guest in this episode is Leah Durrant. She's a hairdresser and salon owner, having started out as a junior at Tony and Guy and progressed first to be an art director, then salon owner of Essentials in Guildford at the age of 24. More adventures came with Leah owning her own salons in the 2010s, and today Leah is a trained business coach who, as well as running her own salon, works to support other owners and hairdressers across all marketing needs, from financial to social media. I'll be talking with her about what is preoccupying business owners and team leaders most these days, and what are the big pitfalls or successes to opening your own business. So Leah, welcome to the Respectfully Podcast Studio. Nice to see you. Nice to see you too. Thank you for having me. I know you've had a bit of a trial getting here with the traffic, so we've just taken a breath and I'm really interested to talk to you about, actually let's start with that, the stress of getting somewhere, running a business, you know, big stresses, small stresses. What would be like an overriding way of coping with something that's happening to you in the moment? What do you, what's your bit of advice that you say to people? I think um, I took up yoga last year for health reasons and learning to breathe is one of the things that I got out of that. (laughs) So yeah, that was really testing me this morning, but um, it goes to show you whatever you plan and no matter how much detail you put into it, it doesn't always work out the way you expect um so yeah learning to breathe deep breathing is actually very important and being you know obviously missing something or trying to get to somewhere especially and actually it's even more frustrating when you feel it isn't your fault you think god I really put all the planning into this and it's still not working Mm -hmm. it's that kind of coming back to center as they say yeah um breathing and just thinking it's not actually me nothing I can do about this yeah exactly gotta let it go yeah no, definitely. Let it go. It's a very good... It is, yes. Very good say it. We won't burst into a chorus of Frozen, <laughs> <laughs> however tempting. Um, so, you are a business coach, mm-hmm. specifically for hairdressing, or would you say all businesses are similar? Um, not for all businesses. I do think they are quite different, but um, hair and beauty. I um, had a beauty salon as well, so yeah, I specialise in that area. So tell us a little bit about that journey. So you trained as a hairdresser yourself at Tony and Guy, moved up to managing probably and then owning businesses, which you've now done for a good 20 years. Yeah, You've actually been owning and you do still now. Do you have salons at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I left my Tony and Guy franchise and decided to go on my own independently. Um, And I've had that for 13 years now. I opened a second salon or 10 years next year. Unfortunately, there was a major fire in May. So we're at quite a difficult decision at the moment. Gosh. We've, yeah, we've, it, and it's a listed building. So we're not going to go back because it's going to take about two years to rebuild. Wow. Yeah. So it's been very testing Gosh, for me at the minute. Gosh, you haven't got through COVID. You yeah, then had absolutely. That. Then we had that happen. Um, but finding a silver lining, we've decided to incorporate both salons and relocate literally up the road. We found this perfect, beautiful, huge salon. Um, I think it's, it's always been a dream to have a big, you know, all under one roof. Um, but I think 
it, it was scary to do that because where we are at the minute, we've actually been, it's been in my family for 50 years as a hairdresser's. Oh, so yeah, we've, it's always only ever been a hairdresser's and we've got a beautiful location right in the corner of a one-way street. So it was really scary, I think, to ever make that decision make that to change. leave. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I kind of feel like I'm a firm believer. Things happen for a reason most of the time. Yeah. So um, it kind of, yeah, took or that you, decision. And yeah, so they it's exciting for a reason, Or you can make a reason uh, out yeah. of them happening. So I'm interested with this. So one, do you find then, having worked with people alongside them or even coaching them, from a business point of view, does having one bigger premises have its advantages over having maybe two, three, four smaller ones? What's What would be your... Um, or is there no one-size-fits-all? Yeah, size no, I all? think it really depends on your business model. Um, and financially for us, it was in the same town. So it cost a lot of money. When I look at it now, to have two different salons, I'm paying two different insurances, two different rates, right. as well as the rent, more yeah. staff. So financially, it's going to be a lot better to have one. But um, no, I think if you want to you know, broaden out and go into different areas, you certainly can. But I, you know, it's really, I think when you go to that point, you really need to step back from doing clients and really work on your business because right. that's very hard to manage when you've got different salons and different towns yeah you know. and trying to sort of get them to be um you know to keep your brand safe and yeah. to get a sort of and consistent consistent and, mm. that's right I think also what so when people open a second or third salon often is it true or is it my, only my perception that they'll do it because they want to sort of elevate a member of staff or they want to keep somebody who might actually go off if they don't and yeah is that a good enough reason or does that work or not I think yeah I hear that quite a lot um because they want to keep the staff rather than them going to open their, yeah. their own salon. I think you need to think about the bigger picture. You know, you, they, you, you can't tie them into a contract to stay there. You know how you can't do that for somebody else's dream because yeah. you don't know how long they are going to stay yeah. with you. It's huge, huge commitment to open another salon. Um, I, you know, I do believe in obviously your team or everything, but you have to do things that feel aligned to you and what you want to do because yeah. ultimately it has to come from you know it's all going to come from the top yeah if it's going to work so is that having so what about heart overhead or head over heart <laughs> in making those kind of decisions I think and it's taken me a long time to realize this and this is why I'm with the salon at the moment open the bigger one I do believe you've got to go over your gut your in your heart yeah over it's not I'm not doing this to kind of and more money or anything like that my if anything my head or my accountant would be saying stay where you are you know you're yeah. earning good money you've got you know every section's full why open another you know more yeah. stress and everything but my heart is telling me this is my dream this is what I want my yeah. team are so excited so I probably would go for my heart actually yeah. now yeah, a healthy, yeah, healthy dose of, of heart in there. Well, as hairdressing is founded on emotions, isn't it? Exactly. And passion, I think, yes. whether it's yeah. the hairdresser or the client, it is what our industries definitely. It's the glue. Um, so where currently? So now, twenty twenty three, we're sort of allegedly two years down from lockdown. Um, you know, we the pandemic wreaked havoc. What what do you find is preoccupying? salon owners and business managers in our industry currently is there a theme of what you're hearing most is there something that we need to be better at 
Yeah, I think there's two things um, I hear a lot financially with, you know, obviously the talk of the recession um, and people, they were really busy when they opened up after the pandemic and a lot of people got the... Um, um, the loans from the government, yes, the bounce, back loans. bounce back loans, yeah. Um, and now they're obviously having to repay that back, and people are worrying about spending at the minute. Their clients are not coming in as often, yeah. so I think people are really worried financially. Um, and also, it's really changed. I think in every industry, with the team, with staff, yeah. a lot of them wanted well, did go self employed, getting new assistants coming through. I think that is the real difficulty at the minute. Yeah. Now, maybe I am just a wishful thinker, but I, I, I feel that there will be some swing back from that move away from the salon. I think I, I can see why a lot of people want to sort of go it alone and, and be independent or freelance or however you want to phrase it. I suspect that there will be some swing back because actually you can do that for about 18 months before you have to put a tax return in, I think, don't you? And mm -hmm. that's when it will hit. Yeah. I feel... So do you have a sense that perhaps the, the balance will redress slightly? Yeah, definitely. Um, as we've just started to recruit for our bigger premises, um, I've seen quite a few, actually, that have been coming back from being self-employed. Mm. I think they thought it was going to be grey, going off on their own. But a lot of us, we're people, you know, we love yeah. people. Yeah. That's the industry we're in. So I think they're missing that kind of buzz. They're realising, um, like you're saying, about the, having to now pay tax. Um and the pressure the of pay. that as well. they haven't got holiday the sick pay, pay is huge when <laughs> yeah. you work at holiday pay um so i think they're all realizing and it's a lot harder than what you think it's a lot lot harder yeah definitely and i wouldn't deny it's great you know i think i've done it i've worked as an independent in my time and then come back to building up a small business and then getting larger i think that you know you we always could be freelance or independent, but we didn't for a reason. It suits yeah. some of us and it just doesn't suit others. And I think, it, I feel that there'll be a redress, but I think also it's been a hard lesson, but I think a lot of team leaders and managers and salon owners need to be better at explaining the benefits of being mm -hmm. in the salon and, and showing the benefits, if you like. So there's lots of sort of hidden things. I, I personally find it quite stressful when people talk about furlough and I know a lot of other business owners do. Furlough was not free for the businesses. Furlough yeah. was, the government was giving us money towards making up the salaries, but mm -hmm. we, the business owners were still paying holiday pay, were still paying pensions, were still paying national insurance and a percentage of the salary. So that wasn't, it, that wasn't money for, for nothing. Exactly. And also, I think a lot of people struggled. You still had to pay your staff first. You got it back. Yeah. But you had to have that money to start yeah. with, you know, yeah. to reclaim it back. So, yeah. yeah, it was definitely a lot harder than... And that's another interesting point. Um, I've always learned to run a business on cash flow, mm -hmm. which I used to sit there in the early days, 20 years ago, I used to sit there with the accountant and they'd want to talk about the profit and loss sheet. And I'd be like, no, no, I don't understand that. But the cash flow, I understand. <laughs> and I've always been the same. If you haven't got it, don't spend it. Does that sound bonkers to you from a professional point of view or do you think that is no no definitely that... um no I'm a very firm believer I've never even had like a credit card I will not spend if I don't have it yeah and I think you appreciate things a lot more if you've put that hard work in rather than you know borrowing money but I do believe now that about investing you know investing whether it's like Facebook ads um even like a recruitment campaign 
you've got to kind of sometimes spend to get the rewards back, yeah. even if it might take time. Yeah. But um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. There. And it's hard to assess, isn't it? So things like marketing and PR um, and, and sort of brand building, it's very hard to say, well, I've spent that and it's brought me that. Yeah, but definitely. You you do see businesses failing because they haven't. Yeah, I think you have to be, um, you can't really measure something like PR or even, yeah, marketing like Facebook ads. It's testing and it takes time. It's not an overnight, you're not going to suddenly get lots of clients coming through the door. It does take time and it's all about brand awareness. I think they say someone has to see you like seven times before they make a decision and that's huge. So that's why it's, um, it's about the long game. It isn't about, you know, investing now to get the people in that's right it's you're doing that if you want to be absolutely and that seven average of being seen seven times is some people will see you once which means somebody else has got to see you 13 times to make that average so yeah it's a lot so let's dial it back to specifics so if somebody's listening to this and thinking um either they've got a business perhaps they need some support perhaps they dramatically need something perhaps they're thinking about setting up a business what would be your sort of starting point let's let's start with somebody who's already running a business and thinks mm-hmm. I might be you know this is feeling a bit lonely I feel a bit yeah you know worried what would be your first dynamic I think the plan? thing is as well is um it is really lonely like the majority of salons even myself are independent and we have no one else to turn to so sometimes it's nice so I started coaching because I had so many people you know contact me asking for advice Sometimes it might not be a particular issue they're struggling with. It is just a loneliness or not having someone accountable for or, you know, that motivation or someone looking at your business as a sort of fresh pair of um, eyes. Yeah. You know, we are very emotionally attached to our businesses. Yeah. Um, And somebody with hairdressing experience, I think that's key because, as we said at the very beginning, you know, our industry is different, I feel. Having worked in lots of different industries myself, I think hairdressing is very particular in the way. Yeah, um... Yeah, as in the way that we don't really understand the business, you mean? Because we're well, quite kind of, creative. I, th- I think, well, to be honest with you, my view is that people will often go into hairdressing on the as a hairdresser mm-hmm. and get elevated up yeah. because you're good at hairdressing. Exactly. So you could be managing or wanting to own a business because you're good at hairdressing. But that's but different from completely. being a business yeah. um, completely. person. On the other hand, you need to understand the very odd way that hairdressing works yeah, <laughs> or that clients exactly. behave. Yeah, I think. So you need to be good in so many different areas. It's you know We wear so many different hats. We've got to know about health and safety, HR and PR and all yeah. these different things we need to learn. And that took me a long time and I made costly mistakes and very stressful mistakes um so my advice would be a hundred percent to invest in anything is to get a business coach right someone to teach you all the ways to avoid yeah or get there quicker than you you know it would have taken you yeah to do it on your own and then what so what would be um what's your usp what, what would you give me your sort of opening lines when somebody says right why why you sort of thing what would be the things that you can offer I think because I'm relatable, because I've got salons and I go through, prob- like the fire I had, you know, a couple of months ago, I then had to get up and live and tell the, the world what uh, what's just happened. You know, you yeah. can't come to the salon today, you know, yeah. come to the other one kind of thing. But um, so 
I have them moments, it isn't perfect at all, but it's, I think it's just, I'm relatable because I've got salons. There's a lot of coaches out there who have never even owned a salon. So I think people can see she's doing it, you know. Um, I'm a single mum, I've got two children, I've completely done it on my own, and I think it's like, what's she doing that I'm not you know and it's just I've learned the so you can sort of share yeah Yeah, yeah. exactly yeah and a business coach what will a business coach offer say somebody listening to this might think but I've got a really good accountant surely that's enough completely different my accountant says no to me all the time (laughs) and I do what I want no um yeah I definitely think yeah a good accountant is yeah but they don't understand the business. Um, yeah. Most accountants don't anyway. I know you do get some that do specialise. But they still don't understand about the team. They don't understand, um, you know, about, you, you know, your clients. Like, you need to understand, like, who your clients are, the marketing side. You know, they're literally looking at black and white facts, you know. Yeah. They're not going to be telling you, like, how to actually grow it. Um, yeah, so I think they're completely different. Yeah. So, seeking a business coach, you might want to think about, first of all, then finding somebody who's got experience as a business owner in hairdressing, hair and beauty. What might be the next thing somebody should need to look out for? What might they be in looking for the right person for them? I think um, someone that you're going to connect with and be relatable to, and there's very different, I mean, everyone's a different person, different personality, so it's, it's um, it's kind of with someone that you can, you feel like, yeah, they're talking how I talk, you know, they're positive or they're kind of looking at things that I would look at, same values. Um, and picking someone that is doing things that you want to achieve. Right. Do you know? Um, yeah, that's the sort of advice I would give. And what, I'm just, I'm asking so that people can visualise. So you, you think, right, I need a business coach. I've spoken to Leah, um, you know, had, maybe had a Zoom we get on what how does it work how what commitment to people have to put into it and what about the sort of privacy obviously you know you'd need to be have access to quite a lot of information about their business yeah. how, do, how does so that work so there's lots of different ways um I was going to start doing a membership so um sort of unlimited numbers as such but the reason with that and obviously it's a much lower ticket than doing something one-on-one I found doing it one-on-one. So like one, having a group at a time. You yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. But doing it one-on-one, I realised I'm going to get much faster results. Yeah. Because people are going to ask me, it's very personal talking about your business. You know, yeah. you'd be talking about numbers, um, you know, staff, members. There could be a lot of embarrassment. You know, people admitting, actually, I don't know what I'm doing. I yeah. don't know how to run this business, you know. So it's very, very personal. So I think that's, yeah, it completely needs to be one-on-one. And like I said, I get much faster results. Yeah. Being in membership, you're only going to get so much time with me right. or to ask a question. Whereas yeah. one-to-one, it's all about you, yeah. you know, you and your business. And is that having somebody come to your business or can you do it remotely or how does it work? To be honest, I'm looking at doing it in person, but at the minute I... I we don't really need to do that. We're doing it remotely because I'm I'm offering it all around the world. You know, okay. I've done it for people in Australia and America. So um, it's perfect over Zoom. Um, so normally how it would start, they would send me like an onboarding kind of like consultation form. So I really find out who they are as a person, yeah. what's important to them, what their goals are, where they want to go, what their struggles are um, and what they want to work with. And I ever do this on like a VIP just like one day if yeah. they've just got a particular issues such as 
it could be like marketing. They just want to focus on marketing. They want to just yes. grow their clientele. I can teach them that in one day. Right. Or they can do like a three month or six months, which is um, complete like one-to-one, once a week Zoom for an hour. Um, and it's a bit like an accountable kind of session as well. I'll yeah. give them goals, right, this time next week. Yeah. Tick, tick, tick. And then we go run through yeah. that again. Which I think if you're a goal-driven person is perfect because you know yeah if I know I've got something happening I'll make I'll do the homework <laughs> I think that's what helped me though a couple when a couple years ago when I got a business coach I think that's what grew my business I think a lot of the time you have the answers you know what to do yeah. but you've got we've gone from having a boss to being our own boss yeah and we're creative people we're not I mean I don't particularly enjoy like all the admin side of it still but when you've got someone accountable yeah and you've got sharp to it's like getting a PT at the gym you're much more likely to get results when you've got someone have you done this yeah yeah why haven't you done that yeah yeah let's change this way then you know what characteristics is it possible to identify what's characteristics rather than skills would make a good if somebody's sitting here thinking oh I'm tempted to set up my own business or I'm about to what would be the key things that help I think with everything it's about your mindset it's really making sure that's going back to when we were saying about someone opening another salon it's what you want to do it's so important that your mindset set is so strong and you believe that you really want to do it then I think you can achieve anything right wow. but it certainly helps when someone shows you the yeah. steps to get there but I think out of everything it's your mindset and your energy yeah to make things happen and do you think it's um is there a difference in that mindset or a difference for do you find women feel a bit more lacking in confidence or feel like imposters you know mm-hmm. I know a lot of women suffer from imposter syndrome perhaps more than men do do you see definitely. that yeah, yeah definitely yeah I think it's um women definitely don't always have the confidence as the same as a man would um yeah. we really self-doubt we look at others we compare yeah, yeah. you know we were saying this at work the other day we had some pictures taken for our website and you get the pictures and we look at ourselves and criticise. <laughs> you never look at somebody else first. We're just like, oh, what do I look like? But yeah, I think men look at things differently to that. <laughs> yeah. And um, now it's so funny. We do all do that. Um, so is this a good time to set up a business? Do you think this would be, you know, we've got, I mean, the newspapers and media want to tell us all the terrible stuff that's happening you know the economic downturn the worry about rates mortgages loans that kind of thing do you think that anybody should be wary of setting up a business at this time or do you think actually there's never a good time yeah I think any time's a good time if that's something you want to do and you believe and you know it's gonna you're gonna make it work anytime doesn't yeah. matter when you do it there's always going to be negativity there's always you know and I look on some of the Facebooks of selling groups there's a lot of doom and gloom, people worrying and there's yeah. no staff or staff don't want to work and no one's got any money and they have, there's money out there. We maybe just need to look at our businesses differently. Yeah. Do you need to improve your services? Do yeah. you need to improve the experience? And there's, you know, there's always money out there. We're fully booked, yeah. you know, we're turning clients away. So yeah. it is out there. It's there's just maybe looking different places. Gold in the no um, hills. You just need to find it. Exactly. Yeah. Is it possible then to identify key areas that you see coming up time and time again that people have perhaps neglected or underestimated? That sort of the, the downfall, is it the cash flow or is it the, um, you know, banking on 
a member of the team too much or is it um, lack of market research? I don't know. Is there, are there key things that you see repeated? I think there's a lot of things. I think one thing we all do and I have done Again, because we're very emotional, we get very attached to our team. Yeah. So I think we look at them as like family. And I mean, I call mine my family, but we do need to be careful because that emotion, you are their boss employee at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, they're not going to be with you forever. And sometimes we don't plan for the future. We think yeah. they're going to be there. We put all our eggs in one basket, especially if you're a small salon. Yeah. And then one leaves and it's like, oh my God, my whole business can, you know, if you hire it, it feels such a betrayal. And it, I, it does, it does. I get that. I'm absolutely the same. I just say to my team, you know, if you leave, that's it. I'll cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, well, I have been known to do that. Um, <laughs> no, it's true. And I think also it isn't a hairdressing only problem. I think it's just mm. a small business problem. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it's everywhere. And I think that... Again, as hairdressers, we are quite a close community and often people will have only ever worked in hairdressing. And perhaps it's sometimes a bit comforting to know it, it isn't. It isn't you, it isn't your salon, and it isn't just hairdressing. This is exactly. this is a problem. You know, nobody yeah. takes a job for life these days. They so do, exactly. You've really got to go with that, however tough it is. What about location? Just let's round this off a little bit with location. So whether, you know, perhaps in the, arguably in the last year or so, big city centre salons and businesses have had it really tough because I think they perhaps struggled more. The high street is, is still in recovery, if you like, from the past two or three years. Do you think that that is evening out again or do you think location is still integral to where you might need to be? Do you need to be on the high street? Do you need to avoid certain like second floors do you need to be do you know what I mean yeah I do yeah and it's funny you bring this up because I think that was my fear of moving from the salon we've got now I mean it's not it really isn't far but we've got the prime best location in Jersey and I've always been told never leave here will you never you know this is great position everyone notices us and where we're going it's on the high street, it's only a small village, but it's it's not so seen. It's not so seen. For, I'm on two main roads at the moment, yeah. you know. So it has really changed my, you know, 10 years ago, I would have said location's so important, but I think now it isn't. I think if you're good, you can be anywhere. Yeah. Word of mouth, social media's free, like advertisement, and, you know, you can get your word out there. You don't need to be necessarily on... Um, you know, a prime position yeah. anymore. I think it's really, really changed. Yeah, so working on the marketing. Are people getting better at that, social media and marketing? Is that generally better regarded? I know some of us find, you know, it's either a demon or an angel. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a love-hate thing, isn't it? So I think everyone is. I think everyone's getting confidence and just getting out there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's. I think that's coming from the younger generation. Yeah. I know they teach me a lot Definitely. of things. Well, and I'm the same. <laughs> if you can master how to place a Facebook ad, I think you're a winner in yes. life at the moment. So. Yes, they are complicated. And it's been lovely chatting to you. Let me round off with one sort of last question, which is kind of personal to you, but also to a lot of people listening. A lot of people worry that to become good at business or to become business minded you're almost like having to let your creativity go and I th and there's this sort of idea that actually the best businesses have a creative person and a business person mm -hmm. some of the partnerships that we know have been really successful in hairdressing it's because they've got you know somebody good balance, like, yeah. yeah what would you say to that and I know you are a hairdresser but also 
a business owner and now coaching as well has has it worried you to let go of some of the creative stuff or or no. don't or don't you have to yeah no at all I don't think you have to I think you should business should be fun you know especially in the industry we're in it's you know I love um I mean I still do my clients one day a week because I love doing clients and I do think it's good to be a role model to your team you know if I'm telling them about targets or retailing I think it's important that I'm showing that I can do that too um but I, I like to think I do keep business fun you know just giving your tips or whatever on Instagram and um, doing packages or promotions in the salon or doing the window displays. It, it is all about having fun, really, right. and still being creative. It doesn't need to be boring, kind yeah, of. Yeah, one or know. the other. Yeah, yeah it's not definitely. So good. So you reassure people that that yes. doesn't have to be <laughs> Thank you so much, Leah. It's been really delightful talking to you. And that was a quick overview, but I personally found that very helpful. I hope people listening did as well. And for anybody listening, do scroll down into the notes wherever you're listening to this podcast and we will put Leah's contacts, but you can follow her on Instagram and you have a website as well. Yes. Which is leahdurrant.co.uk? Yes, it is. Yeah. And my Instagram is leahdurrant.salonquote. Brilliant. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much to my guest Leah. I found that really inspiring and I hope Thank you so much to my guest Leah. I found that really inspiring and I hope you did too, as well as helpful. If you like listening to the Respectfully podcast, please do visit our page on respectyou.me where we host a library of conversations taking place over the past few years. You can also check out iTunes, Spotify and all the other podcast platforms. Just type in Respectfully Hair Podcast. Please rate and review us as well on the iTunes platform as that helps to drive us up the charts and make hairdressing podcasts easier to find. Until next time, goodbye.